Today we will be interviewing Jeff Dirks, a senior program manager at Ball Aerospace. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. So can you go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, the company you work at, what your specialty is, what your position is, you know? Um, my name's my name's Jeff Turks. I work at Ball Aerospace. I've been here uh, 33 years. Uh, I'm a senior program manager. Uh, my background is chemical. I have a bachelor's in chemical engineering and a master's in mechanical engineering. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say if you've been there th- about 30 years, you know, it's been a while. That's pretty cool. It must have taken a long time, a lot of work too, to get those degrees. To be honest. Yeah. So what, if you're able to share, what's what's the most recent program or are you working on now or that you have worked on? Right right now, I'm the uh, space vehicle program manager for a program called WSFM. That's Weather Satellite Follow-On Microwave. It's, the, it's basically the Air Force's next weather satellite that's Part of a part of a group of satellites that will replace DMSP. That's kind of fading out. Okay. How how long has the DMSP program been in in circulation? The DMSP program is probably twenty five years old. Oh wow. We started this program two years ago. Okay. Two and a half years ago now, November of eighteen. Okay. Not too long. Do you guys have a, a, a launch date yet, or you know, specific? Uh, it, it's it's out of ways. We're uh, it's kind of a long program, so we're still uh, right now. We don't know what launch vehicle we're going on, and launches out in twenty twenty three. Okay, a few more years, not too long. So you mentioned that uh, is this your first program at the Air Force, or have you worked with other Air Force programs? Uh, I've worked with other classified Air Force programs. This is my first one with uh, with SMC, Space and Missile Center, out in L.A., okay. Los Angeles Force Base. Cool, cool. I've been there a couple of times. Actually, I've worked around there, around LAX yeah. and the Air Force Base. So going back to the, the first question, have you had any international launch experience or international program experience? Uh, both. Uh, I was the program manager for uh, for Quickbird, a uh, commercial imaging spacecraft we built for Digital Globe just up the street in Longmont. And we launched Quickbird on a Cosmos out of Plisetsk, Russia. It's right. about you know, straight north from Moscow, something like 600 kilometers. Okay, okay. And you you had the opportunity to go out all the way to Russia and, and participate in that program. Yeah, we we went over three different times, two times to uh, kind of do a site survey and figure out what we're what we needed to do and where to go. And then on one of those trips, we also went over to uh, to uh, to Siberia to where they make the launch vehicle and got to see the the launch vehicle factory. So both of those were. Were pretty interesting yeah yeah i would say <laughs> what was what was your experience like with like the people the people you worked with your stay in, in russia what was it like 
you know, I thought it was I I really enjoyed it. They it's a it's a very very different experience than than here. The uh, you know if you go out to Vandenberg or stuff, a lot of the folks mm-hmm. you deal with are uh, are enlisted. A lot of sergeants and everything. Yeah. Everybody you deal with in Russia is an officer. Really, the, the, the enlisted guys are just marching around shoveling snow. <laughs> so and and you know you talk to them and like a, a captain would make two hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. But you know they have room and board and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's just very, very different. And then one time we flew up to uh, Plasets, but another time we took the train, you know, all the way north across Russia, and you really get to see what you know the countryside and the what the towns look like that you go through. It's just it's it's fascinating. And then we also had a chance after the launch, which failed by the way, oh. uh, to spend several days in moscow touring around and everything which was also very good did did a lot of people know what you were there for obviously the you know the officers you worked with uh getting the launch going but did a lot of people know Uh, that you were working with aerospace out there no not not really we'd we'd come in through come transition through moscow stay like one or two nights and then get on the train or the they'd come and get us in a plane and then we were up at Plasetsk, which is a you know a access controlled air force base so they russian air russian space forces or whatever they call it mm-hmm. and they knew what we were doing there and then the people uh the, this company called puskovi uslugi who's basically the launch service provider knew we were there but in, in general it was not well you know put out there yeah i understand it would make sense you don't you don't want to walk around parading saying oh i'm here for a rocket launch (laughs) no no but when you're in moscow and stuff there's a lot of international travelers businessmen that makes sense so so i i don't i don't think i've met anyone that has talked about a failed launch they've had if not i don't remember but what what was your experience like having a failed launch and how did you know the russian people you worked with react to that uh it it was that's the only launch that i've worked on that that has failed you know you know after two or three years of building a satellite and testing it Mm -hmm. uh you get pretty involved in it and then to see it to see the launch fail Basically, the the launch vehicle, the Cosmos, and one of the reasons Digital Globe picked it, it had this super high uh, success percentage, you know, ninety nine point eight or something like that. Yeah, it had been it launched thousands of times, and uh, this time they had something go wrong with their second stage, and it it didn't circularize, and you know, it it hit. It hit the it hit the top of the orbit and without circularizing the bottom of the orbit was in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so personally, how did you feel? I know because you, you mentioned that, you know, it's like a baby. You're making that satellite and you're like, all right, it's time to launch. How did that well, feel to you when it when it, it was actually well, 
is interesting because there are a lot of digital globe folks there with us so to them it was their uh, potentially their whole business failing to us it was this thing that we were just about to hand over to our customer and say there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know we went out and watched the launch and it went away and as and as we walked away you could see the uh the russian engineers that were responsible for the, the launch vehicle in this little mobile office they drink a lot in russia toasting yeah. each other <laughs> and, and oh god they didn't even invite us and so we went back to the base back to the, the offices and buildings and the hotel there and we they had a big banquet set up with you know just rows and rows of bottles of vodka and little roast pigs and all sorts of stuff and we were sitting in there and the and the russians didn't come and didn't come didn't come and finally somebody stuck their head in the door and and said no party <laughs> that, that would that's how we found out wow that would uh, be that would suck to be honest yeah <laughs> So how how did, how did you guys spend the rest of your evening? These guys kind of went back home. Oh, and- well, it was just crushed. And then the next morning, we we basically got in a conference room and had telecons with, you know, with with the ball and digital people that were globe people that were there in Russia with with ball and digital globe people back home. Mm-hmm. And then you know over the next couple three months as they tried to figure out what happened. Uh, there was lots of there was stuff in the press that we caused the launch failure, and it was it just yeah. was a pretty unpleasant experience. So, uh, but in the in the end, the the customer was able to commercial launch. Everything's insured. Was able to make an insurance claim, which basically resulted in Quickbird Two launching just over a year later out at Bannerberg on a, on a Delta. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, my overall experience in Russia is very positive. It was, it was, uh, you know, the, the overall impression, I mean, it's, it's a very old culture. Uh, you could see things while you're touring in Moscow from like 846. Oh my gosh. And, uh, but, but then at the same time, you know, you go up to their the the launch base and and everything. Half the stuff is all run down or you know half built and abandoned. Uh-huh. And you, you, the kind of the overall feeling you get is is their superiority is in numbers in the army. It's not necessarily you know technology. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. They're you know they launch they still launch satellites off of icbms from the cold war era it's like right you think you could do well, a little that's, better that's basically what a co- that's basically what a cosmos was i mean they're still building satellites that are uh that are basically pressure vessels they don't their electronics can't survive in a vacuum uh they can't get rid of the heat so they they built a little bit they, they built a little vacuum bottle for for the spacecraft that the satellite electronics to live in and when it eventually loses vacuum pressure, you know, the atmosphere of air inside, that's when the satellite fails. And, it, you know, if you if you go out, one thing that was really, I thought, kind of remarkable is so the place we processed in 
They brought us in by a train that literally came right through the middle of the building. <laughs> Integrated with the rocket, they brought the, the rocket on this train also mm-hmm. uh, to integrate with. And you know, if, if you've seen a U.S. launch vehicle like an Atlas or a Delta or anything like that, it's it, it's kind of exquisitely beautiful, the hardware. You know, yeah. lots of activating and very fine and and the russian their 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 thought process is different uh steel is cheaper than analysis the top of the rocket we attached to and stuff is basically steel (laughs) i-beams it's it's, instead of all these instead of all this these fancy you know make something thin out of you know take a two-ton block of aluminum and turn it into a couple rings right yeah they don't do that. <laughs> that's weird. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah. So you see, you got the, you get to see in firsthand the real the different thought processes that they go through. You know how they design a rocket, why they design in a certain way. You know at the at the root of it, they understand how to do it all. But it's just they get there a lot different way than we do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it seems to be reliable for them. I mean, obviously, you yeah. said it was like a ninety nine percent failure yeah, of success. So, so I don't, I don't want to keep harping on, on you know, the failed launch that you had. But going off of a more international perspective, with that, do you think, or how do you think that a failed launch by the Russian government affects future launches, or how does it affect you know those relationships that companies form with them? Uh, you know, this, this, I, I think there, it really cut into their, their launching of foreign, you know, commercial launches. It kind of soured that whole thing. They were trying to get in big time into that business. They offered Digital Globe a very good rate, very good price. And then with the failure, people kind of pulled back from that. The, the small company that launched? Right, right. Okay. And it was, you know, Russia, it's obviously cheaper to launch. Um, and yeah, it was an incredible, you know, everyone's kind of amazed right now how, uh, compared to some launch vehicles, how low in cost is like a SpaceX Falcon launch can be. And then yeah. there was even way under that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jeez. That's crazy to be honest. And even the fact that you brought up that that company had insurance on the rocket or on their satellite, I had no idea that was you know even a thing. Well, yeah, that's there's there's a whole business that you know a government launch that all the spacecraft we built for NASA or the Air Force or classified folks or whatever, the U.S. government self insures. Mm-hmm. So they they don't buy insurance. Uh, and if, if they fail, if the launch fails or something happens, the satellite fails, they absorb the cost and go off and do something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, a commercial company, especially one that's a, a startup, really can't afford to do that. So they buy launch insurance. There's kind of you buy the launch in the first year on orbit and then renew it every year after that. You have to go give the underwriters great big presentations on how you built and tested the spacecraft. That was an interesting process. Also, we, with the digital globe folks, several of us ball folks went along with them to 
the London. That's kind of the Lloyd's was the the group that that was kind of hosted everybody over there. There's a couple, three big insurance brokers, underwriters here in the United States that tap into uh, the insurance business all over the world. And basically the, the risk gets spread among dozens of different companies. So it's not one company that's paying out, you know, a couple hundred million dollar loss. It's a whole bunch of companies have a little part of it. Like the a whole bunch of companies that put into the satellite, is that what you're saying? Well, a whole bunch of companies buy into the insurance, you know, provide the insurance. Mm-hmm. So you, one, there's one major broker, uh, and then they make arrangements with a with, with a whole bunch of other companies called uh, reinsurers, and they just so one company says they'll take. $40 million. And then, but then they go and sell parts of that to all that risk to maybe a dozen other reinsurers. And the insurance business is basically an investment business. You give them a whole yeah. lot of money invested in other stuff and hope they never have to pay you. <laughs> yeah. So that whole process is really interesting and something you never really get involved with on government programs yeah yeah that makes makes total sense I, that that changed a lot of perspective for me to be honest i didn't i something new i learned today and that'll conclude it with our interview with jeff roger roll atlantis houston now controlling the flight of atlantis the space shuttle spreads its wings one final time for the start of a sentimental journey into history